have a special treat for you tonight. I'm going to introduce a very special sister to you in just a few moments. But right now, before I go into that, I just want to kind of set, set the place, kind of set the plates. Um, never forget why we exist. We exist to be a people after God's own heart. We're going to do that through four ways. Number one, know God. Come on, go, go, go with me. Know God. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. And make a difference. If you don't know that by heart now, you really should go home and memorize that. Because it needs to be in your heart and in your mind and in your mouth and your declaration. Uh, tonight, you're going to hear someone who has known God, who really got touched by God, and has found freedom. How many of you know that it's uh, just about as important of what you say? It's important what we say, but it's also important how we say it. How many of you know that? If you're married, you know that very well. I want you to listen to me real close. It's not always about getting things right. We want to get things right, but we want to have the right attitude. John 1.14 says this, The Word became flesh, Jesus, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Son, look, look at this, get this down, heart of the city church, full of grace and truth. Everyone say grace and truth. Not truth and grace. Not truth and grace. Grace and truth. Grace is first. Are you with me? We need to get that down in our hearts and in our guts. Uh, anytime you just spread truth without grace, you will be known as a hate speaker and a bigot. Just so you know, you, you have to speak grace. The Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. Are you with me? You may ask where we're going. You're going to find out here real soon. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that through the world through him might be saved. And Jesus didn't condemn, and either, neither does Heart of the City Church condemn. Everyone said amen. amen. Are you with me on that? Are you feeling me? Good, good, good. My opinion on social political issues is I don't have the right to have an opinion. You know why? Because... I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What I believe and what I stand in my position is this, in the, uh, the unadulterated word of God. And I put in unadulterated word because that means not diluted, not mixed, no extras, no add-in, just straight, straight, no ice, no OJ, straight word of God. It's important that we get scriptures right. Not just me, but you. Not just me and you, but everybody in the world. No matter your stance or your position, you need to get the scriptures right. Are you with me? Every one of us. But we also need to get our attitude right. You got that? You need to get your heart right. Grace and, tr grace and truth. You need to get your, the scriptures right and our attitudes right. Why is that so important? Because I believe that if you get the scriptures right and you mow people down with truth, you're just going to be a clanging symbol. And so it's important we get both of those right. Are, are you still feeling me? He came full of grace and truth. We need to get The church has something to say. My wife said that the other day, and I was like, yes, we do. But we need to say it right. We need to speak the truth 
in love. I, I call it eating from the tree of life. You don't want to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You want to eat from the tree of life. And there's nine pieces of fruit that flow out of that tree. Things like joy and peace and love and so forth and so on. Uh, the enemy, he comes to twist every word of God. And he did it with Jesus. Now, fill me on this. Because I think the number one way that the devil twists the word is you hear what you want to hear in the word. You, you make it custom fit you. And that's not the way the word of God, the word of God is there to convict us, to change us, to mold us, to, that we become just like Jesus, more like Jesus. Let me show you what he did to, G, to Jesus, Matthew 4, 5 through 7. I think it's going to be behind me. Listen to this. Then the devil took him into the, look where the devil took Jesus, into the holy city. Say that with me, holy city. He didn't take him to hell. He took him into a holy city. Then look where, where, where they went. Set him on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil took him into the holy city and took him to church. Holy city on a pinnacle. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. It is written. The devil quotes the word of God. He shall give his angels charge over you, and in your hands you bear up your foot, at least you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The devil twists Psalms uh, 91, 11 through 12, just like that. You need to be a discerner and know the word of God. I'm going to read something a little bit different right now, and it's not to bash on someone. It's to share with you on how the devil twists the word of God. Uh, Radine and I was in Missoula, and when we uh, the the next day was a it, we were there for about a few days, and we were there on a Monday, and we got the newspaper. And in the newspaper, it was called the Missoulian, and uh, it was uh, uh, July eighth. If anybody wants to read it, you're welcome to get it. And it was a message from this reverend there, and uh, her name was Reverend Laura Falkwin, and she said this in the newspaper. It says her message centered on the story of the Good Samaritan woman who came to help a man beaten and left in an alley. Always remember the story of Good Samaritan. Samaritan is always someone on the fringe of society. In Jesus' time, Samaritans were the tribes of the northern Israel. Their identity as Jews or Greeks, or I'm sorry, Jews or Gentiles, was often called into question. They were shunned and abused. Falkwin said, Falkwin said the woman, everyone say woman, was a trans, brought a lesson from the LGBTQIA plus community to the faith community. So my, here's my point with that, is that the problem with that story is that it's not true. Because if you, if you look at the culture, if you look at the scriptures, if you look at the word of God, it's a man. It wasn't a woman and it wasn't a trans. I'm not here. Once again, hey, J.O., if you get the, the scriptures right, and you have a bad attitude, that's not, that's not my, my, my heart isn't to beat up someone or bash someone, but my heart is that I want to share the truth with everyone. And that's how the enemy twists things, because that's not tradition, that's not the word of God, that is not what was taking place in this story. Are you feeling me? So you have to be careful not to twist the scriptures. Uh, you can disagree with someone and still love them. I have no problem with it. I don't like that she twists the scriptures. But me and, me and my wife, you think we agree on things all the time? But I still love her. I, I, just because I disagree with Radine doesn't mean I'm a redneck or a bigot or a woman hater. 
I just disagree with her, and she disagrees with me. Is that okay to say, sweetheart? Amen. <laughs> so, is that okay? Yeah. Huh? We have to, t we, yeah. Oh, yeah. We all have the responsibility to get, we all have the responsibility to get scriptures right, not just pastors, but every one of us with the right attitude. God doesn't call me to be a judge, a lawyer, or a jury. He calls me to be a testimony and a witness. If you feel like you're the judge or the lawyer or the jury, I got news for you. God's got all that covered. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they do it all. And all you need to be is a reflection of Jesus Christ. Today we have a testimony. We have someone who is a witness of what God has done in her life. And I'm excited to introduce to you, Nicole. Nicole, if you would come on up. God bless you. This is Nicole, and I've asked her to come. And we're going to do, as it were, a testimony slash interview. Um, we have thoughts of where this is going to go, but I also say, Holy Spirit, have your way. So right in the very get-go, I would just like, Nicole, just share your story with us. Is that okay? Yeah. Wonderful. So my name is Nicole. Um, I'm here to tell you my story. So um, to start out, I grew up in a Christian home. I want everybody to understand that. I grew up in a Christian home. I was baptized when I was six years old. Um, so I grew up knowing God. Um, about 10 years old, my parents divorced. Um, and my mom moved back up to Alaska. Um, so it was a split home. I grew up, I would spend the sum, or winters in Arkansas and summers in Alaska. It was, you know, best of both worlds. But at the same time, going through all that is uh, pretty traumatic for my age. Um, Throughout the, my childhood years, I went through various abuses, um, sexual, um, I went through physical, emotional, um, things like that. And everything um, to say that whatever happened in my past, I also want to iterate that it didn't, um, it didn't turn me the way that I started living my life, but it highlighted what was already there, and it was sin. So throughout, um, so about fourth grade, um, I remember that I was, we had a tornado drill and I was on my knees and I had closed my eyes and I was like, God, I just, I want to be a boy. Um, this happened about fourth grade. I remember that, um, I just closed them so tightly and I wanted to be a boy so bad. And I knew as I was like, okay, God, when I open up my eyes, I'm going to be a boy. And it didn't happen. Um, I wore my brother's clothes. I, um, I was a huge tomboy, and that's what people would say. It's like, oh, look at that tomboy. You know, you're really good at sports. You're such a tomboy. But what they didn't know is that they were speaking into an identity that the enemy had whispered in my ear at such a young age. He whispered homosexual when I was born. So God gave me this image, um, this vision of when you're created in the womb, you're perfect. Um, and then when you're birthed, you literally breathe in sin. It says you're born into sin. So this oxygen that we're breathing is laced with sin. 
And so I was born into, and a lot of people in my lifestyle would say, yeah, I was born that way. And I would agree with them. Yeah, you were born that way because you're born into sin. Um, so fast forward six to about my childhood, I experienced, or I got heavy into addiction. I was an alcoholic. Um, I used drugs. I um, was addicted to porn. I was addicted to all these things that really did, um, took my focus off of God. And about high school, or about college age, um, I moved to Colorado. And um, I remember getting there. I was like, oh, I'm finally free. I can be who I want to be because nobody knows me there. So I basically created my own identity. Um, it was great at the time, who, what I thought. And, you know, I got, I experienced with hallucinogens. I experienced with um, other things. I even got deeper into alcoholism uh, where it just took captive of me. And I found this girl who I thought was going to be the, my future. Um, I, I remember um, this one night in particular where I got so intoxicated, I passed out at the club. And, um, my fr and I'm telling you this specifically because this is where the turning point of where God just really started dragging me out. So I was, I was sitting on the, on the bench, passed out, and my friend had her arm around me. And um, the person that I was with, dating at the time, was looking for me and found me there, passed out. And she said, oh, I've been looking for what she, and uh, my friend, friend at the time said, oh, look, she's having a great time. I'm passed out on the bench, but I was having a great time. <laughs> um, I say that because God gave me this image of where um, I was in this dark, um, like almost as if it was hell. And I had the, the enemy, I had um, demons like gripping into their, their taluses into me. And I was fighting so hard to get free, um, but it was dragging me further and further back. So I ended up homeless for a part of my time. And my mom finally said, why don't you move up here? Um, you know, my mom, I'll get to that point in a minute. But um, so I moved up to Alaska. I packed everything, which could fit in my car. That's all I had, because that's where I was living. And she invited me to youth or to a women's retreat. Now, throughout these years, throughout my years, I um, would go to church. I would proclaim God. I wore this cross. But I wasn't living a lifestyle of Christ. I would go to church on Sunday, and on Monday, I'd either get high, drunk, and do whatever the world says was okay. Um, and so I, my, it was just a typical ordinary day. I went to women's retreat, and, um, but God set me up <laughs> is the best way I could say it. Um, I went there, and my cousin came up, cousin Emily. Um, she came up, and she wrote this song called Rooted. Now, the theme of women's retreat, it was called Rooted. Now, what were my roots? <laughs> My roots were I grew up in a Christian home. I was baptized at six years old. I walked away from the Lord. And so the last day of the song, you know, I didn't really feel anything. It was more of like a surface level uh, women's retreat. It wasn't deep or anything like that. So um, I thought I was going to escape just fine and or I escape into back into like my normal routine. Well, then the last day, God 
encountered me in a real way. I've never experienced God in my entire life. I knew about him. I knew he was out there somewhere. I knew I would pray to him every once in a while, but I never really felt his presence. And the love that I was searching for, the love that I found in the person that I was with, God filled me with. And it was, um, it was this love that I knew was everlasting. It was, for, it was for eternal. And I heard him saying, it was so audible. I've never heard God's voice before. And he said, I'm not ashamed of you. I love you. And I have something better for you. And I knew in that moment that I had to let her go. I had to let her go, and I was broken. I was like, okay, but what do I do? I had an engagement ring. I was planning on proposing in December, and God encountered me in October. And um, so I was trying to, you know, figure, figure it out. And so I went home. I talked to Emily. I said, hey, I really have to tell you something. So we talked about it, and God gave me and the person I was with strength to walk away from each other. I flew her home three days later um, after everything happened, and then I've been walking this life of, um, of uh, just being in a relationship with Christ. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I went through depression, like heavy depression. I remember telling my mom, Mom, I just wanna die because the pain in my heart is too much to bear, and I know if I die, I don't have to deal with this pain in my heart. But God was still with me. He was like, no, just keep going, just keep going. But during that midst, it was, it was literally he picked me up and threw me into the furnace. He said, okay, we're going to get those impurities out right now. And he th- picked me up, threw me into the furnace. And that's what I was feeling was that intense pressure. Um, and, you know, all this to be said is like the enemy is here to steal your identity, kill your spirit, and destroy your purpose. Wow. So... That's my story and where I am today. Um, two years from uh, living that lifestyle will be October 6th. So, so obviously, I know that your mom invited you to the, the women's retreat. Um, can you tell us about how your mom loved you? Because obviously, you, you trusted her. You, you went. And can, you, can you tell us what that was like? I mean... Fill us in. Um, so my mom and I have, she was always the person to run to. Um, I went through some, I, I lived in Arkansas mainly because I knew I could get away things with living with my dad. Uh, my mom was really, you know, forced me to go to church and all these things. And when she found out, um, she found out because well, moms have a way of doing so. <laughs> um, but also, the Lord spoke to her when I was little, said, you need to get on your knees and start praying for this, for your daughter. Um, start praying for Nicole right now. And so my mom kind of had a feeling, knew that something was going to happen. She even knew. So the Lord will speak to your parents, <laughs> if your kid's in here, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> but she never turned her back on me. She continued to pray for me. She would go through my room, anoint my clothes, anoint my room, pray throughout my room, hide scriptures, wrote scriptures, and hid them in my uh, suitcases, and prayed over my suitcases, and get all of her prayer warriors and prayed for me. And I had churches that I didn't even know about praying for me. Um, and she told me, she, and she never stopped loving me. She goes, Nicole, I don't like the lifestyle that you're living, but I love you. And... Um, 
which I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, like I didn't understand it, but now I understand that God's really given me eyes to see um, that. And it's, yeah, so. When you lived in that lifestyle before, how did it impact like what I would call your heart and your soul? What, what did it, what did it do to your emotions? I basically shut my emotions off. Um, there was a few times in my life where I've overdosed, um, mainly because I was feeling this anger and resentment. I had anger as consuming me. It turned to rage. Um, I would get angry at little things. I didn't know why. So, and that's what I knew and that's what I clung to was anger and resentment happiness, sadness, like I wouldn't cry because I was like, no, crying is for the weak, but even Jesus wept. And I was like, man, no, I'm not gonna be happy because when I'm happy, it means something's gonna happen. I always anticipated something happening and destroying my happiness. So I, um, I would shut those emotions off and I would pop pills. I was addicted to opiates and I would pop pills because that would numb me. And that was the best feeling in the time, in the midst of, being numb or being angry was numbness and numbness was better than being angry so I would be high or be uh, drunk or whatever to be numb um, but so that was kind of this week when we met we met with my wife and I and another gentleman and you talked about the renewing of your mind and how important that's been can you share with us uh, what that's like to continue to fight the good fight and uh, to where God's got you today and, and connecting it with the renewing of your mind. Yeah. So I'm telling you this. If you're coming out of addiction or if you are in addiction and you want, and God's saying, hey, I'm calling on you. You need to stop this. It's not going to be day, night and day. You can't. For me, like if I was like, all right, God, I'm going to follow you and then do nothing else and expect him to do everything else I would still be back where I was. I had to take my thoughts captive. God says, take your thoughts captive. Every single time I would lust after someone, I would take that thought captive. Nope, God, that's not from you. This is the truth that, and, and he made man and woman. There's, that's the truth, that if God created gender, he defines it. If God creates marriage, he defines it. And so I had to, um, I had to, think that over and over and take my thoughts captive. And even in the middle of the night, I remember the enemy just tormenting me in my dreams. He would bring, um, he would reverse the rules. So I remember this one dream in particular of like, where I was the one begging my per or my, the person I was with to stay and she was letting me go and all this stuff. And I woke up, I'm like, what the heck? And so I just, I took that thought captive and I said, God, this is, take this from me. I don't want it. So you have to do the action. You have to renew your mind. You can't, God's come to transform you, not conform you. Mm. Wow. When you were living in, in the lifestyle before Jesus Christ, did you feel like it was morally correct? Yes. I honestly thought that at first, so at first, when I, the first person I ever kissed, I was like, this is kind of weird. And but then I had these thoughts like, no, it's okay, it's okay. And then I had other people saying, it's okay. If you like, the, if you like females, then, then you're gay. That's okay. And I was like, well, it just kind of feels. And I remember that um, 
when I'd hold my, uh, the, my significant other's hand walking into a grocery store, I'd feel really awkward and weird. I'm like, I don't really want to be, you know, and I was like, well, maybe I'm just trying to be polite. And I was trying to, I was having this battle in my mind. Um, and so I, but then eventually, you know, God says, God turns you over to the desires of your, like the lusts of your flesh. And so I felt there's this moment where the, and I written, now looking back at it, it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, but for then, I just thought it was like, oh, my parents are going to find out. I can't do this. Um, so he turned me over. There's a point in my life where I no longer felt that conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now, if you stop feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you should be concerned. Um, and I, so I stopped feeling that conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I, um, so, you know, when I moved to Colorado and nobody knew me, I could create my own identity. The identity that the world and, and that Satan said that I was and who I was. Um, so then it became okay in my mind. I was like, oh, well, then I'm good. And I started announcing it over Facebook, and I didn't care, and I had this pride. And so that was kind of... Kind of in the same line of thinking right there, when you came to know Christ, mm -hmm. did you feel in your heart, in your spirit, that you could stay in that lifestyle? Absolutely not. Um, I would say that God didn't God didn't make me straight. He made me holy. He called me to be holy. It, God didn't make a, an addict sober. He called them to be holy. So in that sense, with that being said, that um, if I'm to be holy, I can't have anything apart from Christ in my life. And so my identity was no longer what the world said, but who God said I was. He calls us all to be holy, huh? You said that you, you know, when you were in the fourth grade and you said all of a sudden you, you, you really wanted to be a boy. You, I'm going to close my, when I open my eyes, I'm, I want to be a boy. Um, did you ever struggle with transgender? Yeah, I did. If you saw me a couple of years ago, you wouldn't recognize me. Um, and now looking back now, and I feel like if I... I know now that if I was to be a boy, then maybe I wouldn't have been abused. If I was to be a boy, maybe that would give me some sort of like empowerment that I would be accepted. Um, because I, didn't, I felt like an outcast um, with my friends because I was just this tomboy. I dug in the dirt for worms. I went fishing. I you know, did all the things that guys do. And um, so as I grew up, the last person that I was with I was comfortable in baggy clothes because I was ashamed of my body. Um, I was comfortable in baggy clothes because I felt like, like I was walking in my identity, I guess. Um, I chopped off all my hair, and um, my mom, I could see the sadness on my mom's eyes, but she still loved me through it. And um, so, yes, I did struggle with... Um, transgender for sure we, we have a, a before and after picture you still care if we show we that can, we would can you, share that would you put up the before picture that's nicole that was right in the midst of when you that was in 20 2015 16 15 16 yeah um how about the after jesus 
You think you're going to get married? You know, <laughs> God spoke through a couple of people that I'd never met in my entire life and said that God has some amazing husband picked out for you. And I was caught off guard because I was like, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> but the more I've prayed about it, like, you know, when you trust God with, with your life, when you submit in all your ways to him, he will figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. And so now I can look at, um, I don't know, I just, I would say yes. <laughs> if, that's the will, if that's the Lord's will, then yes. Um, I am submitted to whatever he desires that's for wonderful. me. Um, so I also, real quick, feel like I need to share this. Um, so the Lord, told me to go to Psalm 29. And so when I went to Psalm 29, it was talking about the voice of the Lord and how the voice of the Lord is powerful and um, you know all these things. And then I started praying and the things that I was saying, I wrote it down. It says, I declare the voice of the Lord breaking chains and strongholds off of people's life in Jesus' name. The voice of the Lord brought forth life. The voice of the Lord created something out of nothing. And that's what I heard was the voice of the Lord. And he broke the chains of homosexuality, he broke the chains of addiction, and he brought forth new life. And so that's what I wanted to share. <laughs> Beautiful. A lot like that song we sang tonight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you mind if folks, after tonight, after tomorrow gatherings, because she's going to be sharing at both gatherings, uh, can they come and talk with you, ask you questions? Maybe there's someone here that's in that war that you've been in. And you, do you mind them coming to talk with you, you, you sharing? Absolutely. With, okay, yep. wonderful. I'm an open book. Yeah. So if you wonderful. want to come share, talk is, to me. She is an open book. And I tell you what, um, the first time I was on the streets with streets, I heard her start sharing her testimony of, of her being a bouncer in Denver at a lesbian bar and, and how she was just so naturally sharing and talking to this dude. And it was so profound and so, so powerful. Um, how about you share your closing statements with us tonight? How about that? Absolutely. So the Lord woke me up at like 2 a.m., which he likes to do sometimes. And he brought forth uh, the word freedom and what that meant. And I was like, okay, freedom, what does that mean? I mean, I know what freedom means, but do we really know what freedom means? And so it says, so this is what he started speaking to me. It says, who the son sets free shall be free indeed. It's not who the jailer sets free. It's not who your mama sets free. It's not even who the president sets free. It's not who Buddha sets free. It's who the son sets free. If you want true freedom, freedom from addiction, freedom from homosexuality, freedom from porn, freedom from alcohol, you have to seek after the son. You have to seek after God. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. But now that you have been set free from sin, you have become slaves of God. The fruit of you, the fruit you get um, leads to sanctification. Its, its end is eternal life. So I was like, slave. Well, nobody really wants to be a slave. But I looked up what slave meant, and it's bond servant. 
which in Hebrew means a bed. It says, if a servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door, um, the, he shall take him to the doorpost and pierce his ear with an owl. Then he will be his servant for life. And I was set free. God said, you're free now. You don't have the chains holding on to you. So when you decide to turn your life over to Christ, you choose to serve him like I did. I choose to serve my heavenly father. I claim I'm a bond servant of Christ. He has pierced my heart. He has pierced my heart and, um, and it circumcised it in the sense that like now the whole world gets to see that I am a bond servant of my heavenly father. And if you look to anything else for freedom, you will still be in bondage. The world's freedom is false freedom, but God's freedom is for eternal. Why don't we thank Nicole for sharing? I think Nicole is a wonderful woman of God. I think Nicole is very courageous. She's a warrior. She's fearless. She lives it out. You should follow her lifestyle. It's amazing. I wanted her to pray over us tonight. Maybe you're here tonight. You're in some type of addiction. Maybe you're struggling uh, with your identity, um, a battle, sexuality, uh, whatever it may be. Maybe you've been abused. Maybe something rang home in your heart tonight. Um, I want her to pray over us and just believe and you receive right now. And we're not going to leave. Remember, after this is our big give, and we'll explain that. But I just want you to receive right now as she prays. Let's bow our heads and hearts. I just want everyone to lift up their hands and receive this right now. God, I just ask right now that you just speak to each and every one that's in this room, Father God. I pray right now that if anyone's in here that's struggling with addiction, that's struggling with where they fit in in life, where they're struggling with um, abandonment or abuse or whatever it is, Father God, that right now in the name of Jesus, you break that off of them right now. You set them free right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your love for each and every one of these people. God, I thank you for calling me out so that I can bring victory to people through you, Father. God, right now, I just pray that you touch them that you fill them with your love, God, to show them your true, unfailing, relentless love. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for being so worthy. Thank you for being the sacrifice that we all needed. In Jesus' name. Extend your hand to Nicole. Let's pray over Nicole. Father, we just pray your fence, your firewall around her. Lord, we know that anytime anyone shares their testimony, it's like putting a bullseye on their back. But Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against her will prosper. We thank you that you've caused her to be a warrior, uh, a, a soldier of light. And we just ask, God, that you be a fence all around her, God, and give her great sleep tonight, even she prepares for tomorrow. We thank you for her life, and we thank you for what you've done in her and her testimony. We overcome by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, not even loving our life to death. Thank you for Nicole. In Jesus' name, amen.